Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another week of Do You Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I am here today with Nadia Pujarwa. She is the founder and CEO of DNCO. You know them. They make clothes exclusively from sizes 10 to 32, right, Nadia? That is right. And you started it because you were having a hard time finding clothes in your size, finding cute, sexy, fun clothes in your size. And we talk a lot about about a lot about size and inclusivity and fashion shopping here on G Thanks. And I'm really excited to have you and to have everyone listening meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of DNCO. Um especially because I've always teetered between 12 and 16. And so to have any yeah. sort of woman in business, like looking out for me specifically, I really appreciate that. Um, do you remember like the final straw time of not being able to find something in your size or, or clicking Excel on the size and finding yeah. out that it's a 10 or an eight and like being like, who is that? What is this? Honestly, like the start of my life so early, I was a plus size teen and um, like I've always loved style. I've always loved fashion. I've always, because I was always shopping. So I've been probably everything from a size eight to a size 22, 24. Mm -hmm. um, and I have always had like this very clear idea of what I wanted to wear and then prided myself on my like ingenuity and scavenger hunt skills and figuring out exactly how to piece it together from the most um, unfriendly, you know, shopping environment that you could imagine. Or I'm talking like early 2000s, right? Like the world has advanced pretty meaningfully. Yeah. A fashion-minded teenager, you know, in the early 2000s was a, a lonely person. I'll tell you that. Um, so I think that the, these experiences have always been you know, kind of core to who I am, but honestly, like I never talked about them. Mm. Like I, I was embarrassed by this. Like I thought I want people to think that it's easy for me to find these clothes. Right. I don't want it to seem like, you know, I deserve an award for my shopping skills. Um, but I think that like the, the moments when this hurts the most, I think is when you have special occasions mm -hmm. and when there's like an event coming up that, you know, you want to look and feel your best for, there are going to be a lot of photos at like all these things where you think like, Oh God, like I need to find something that I look amazing in because if not the memory of this event, that's supposed to be really happy is going to be 
you know, like tainted by the fact that I don't want to see any of the pictures. I don't want to know what I look like. I'm not going to feel good about it. Um, And it's so terrible. And so I think that there are like so many of those moments um, where that happened. But I also, I've always like, because I, you know, kind of, I, I never, like I never had a career in retail before I started this company. So really this is not like a, an industry that um, I've ever been on the inside of, but I felt like because I had always shopped in a larger body, I was like excellent at shopping for my skinny friends. Like I was like, you know, I can find anything, like tell me what your budget is. I know exactly where to find it. I was Mm -hmm. like a, a hobbyist. Um, and I thought, man, like, what would the world be like if I could shop in these sizes? Right. Like, what if I had this much selection? What if I had this many choices? What if I could actually walk in and not just look at the accessories in the store? Right. Um, and that's really where it came from. And so like at, at the heart of Dia is really access. Um, and that kind of drives everything that we do. We make our own clothes. We have a lot of brands that, um, we've developed over time really in response to what our customers want and need most from us. But we also work with basically every brand in the landscape. We've come so far in the last 20 years. Yeah. And you actually probably, yeah. your door is probably being knocked down by brands being like, we want to get into plus, we want to get into plus because there's a lot of pressure now because people like you, I know like we've had Katie Serino on the show. She's been really big in like, you know, literally just going into dressing rooms and being like, Hey, like, uh, Aritzia, Aritzia is a big offender of this. Like, why is it that this is your XXL, but it's like, you know, a 10, 12, um, make clothes for me, make clothes for me. And I think that you're seeing like women like you who are, who are now, you know, realize that like, you know, they have a voice in this space to be like, because what you're saying really resonates with me in that when I was younger, it was sort of the same. Like when you're a size 12 and you're in high school, that feels crazy. Cause like so many of my friends were like still looking like children. You know what I mean? Like I had a butt and I had boobs or whatever, but like my mindset didn't go to, Oh, what if they made the same clothes that they're wearing in my size? My mind went to, I wonder how I could make myself their size so I could wear their clothes. Um, or like this, they don't make this for me because I don't look good in it. And that's why they're not letting me have it. And it really, you kind of start internalizing that. And I feel like in the last five, six, seven years, especially there's been this whole movement, or maybe it's because I've, I've found people on Instagram. I'd rather follow who like, look more like me, um, who get dressed every day and look incredible. Uh, but it just feels like, I don't know, to be, um, in a bigger body as a, as a young teenage girl today, there's so much more you can look at now. And we didn't have that in in the early 2000s in the late 90s it's so wonderful like i i really think that there's a generation of women coming up now that are not going to have anywhere near you know the complexes that women in our generation and even in a more dramatic way our mothers yeah um had around you know body image and self-acceptance um and it's it's thank god like, truly, right. Like, 
Hallelujah. Right. And I think we all play a part in driving that conversation forward. In the last few years, we've seen a massive, massive increase in people getting on the bandwagon of inclusivity. Mm. And I don't I don't mean to say that in a way that's disparaging. Like I, I truly think that every brand that extends their size is the win is a win for our community. So I'm I'm all for it. I think what happened though is that that probably like hit a crescendo in February 2020 and has come dramatically down in the pandemic. Like the number of brands that have either publicly or quieted or quietly pulled back on their on their extended size yeah. offerings, I think is just now really starting to be understood. And I think it's something we should be watching more closely because so much progress was made. And I think that there's a risk that a lot of it, we have to give a lot of it back, yeah. which, you know, I think would just truly be heartbreaking. Can you say more on that? I know Loft discontinued their plus size um, line. Is that right? Which really sucked because Loft was also one of those places when I was, you know, newly in corporate America, like I could find cute, casual work clothes. And I was always teetering between the straight sizes. And they were one of the stores that literally had size 12s, 14s, 16s in the store that you could try on. It wasn't like, please leave our store and order them online where no one can see you doing it. Um, And yeah, I was really disappointed in that I was so surprised by that. I I really was because they also, they made such a big splash. Yeah. Um, And they also... I think personally announced that news in the worst possible way. Like they basically got called out for the fact that there was no longer product <laughs> and they, I don't know how, like how closely you followed this, but they, um, they effectively announced that they were closing that part of the business in a comment response to somebody on Instagram, like not even as like a standalone announcement. You know what? I didn't which, know that. That's wild. It's just wild. Like, I, I think that it's, um, you know, I think that the industry wonders why, plus size women don't just like hand over their cash. Like once, you know, a single style is available in a larger size. And part of it is like, kind of need to earn our business, right? You need to earn our trust. You need to earn, um, you need to earn it. And I think that as a community, we've just been burned so many times with brands, you know, making the big PR splash around saying, this is important to us. It's, you know, it's core to who we are as a brand. And then, not always, but too many times kind of secret, like quietly trying to like back away from that Yep. when um, things don't go exactly as planned. I mean, we have big butts. You know, We're not stupid. I mean, like that's really the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like I am not an I idiot. I just have a huge I ass. I should get that tattooed um, above my butt. That's a good one. Um, but it's, it's really (laughs) true. And, and like, you know, we talked about this with Alexandra Waldman, who was the founder is the founder of universal standard. We talk about with Katie Serino, who's really made like a big splash of calling brands, which she says, calling brands in, um, you know, money is money and, and people can tell when they're being tokenized. You know, I think Mm -hmm. we, we saw that a lot, last summer with Black Lives Matter, like all of a sudden all these brands were like, oh yeah, 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 Black Lives Matter. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. We totally, yes, 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 we believe that. And what I appreciated about it was like, you'd see all these employees coming out and being like, you don't believe that? Like, this is just a really cute graphic that you whipped up for Instagram. And I have like receipts that say you don't believe this. It's kind of the same for plus size where like, you can't just make one size 16 dress 
and like you said, complain that people aren't that the size 16s. First of all, size 16 is on the small end of plus size, you know, plus mm-hmm. size goes up and and the the higher you go, the harder it is to find anything cute. And you'll hear all these excuses like, you know, the expense. We don't know if there's the market. That's not really our target. Now, if someone who founded and owns a company that creates and sells clothes, not just including plus size, but literally starts at size 10 and goes to size 32. Is there any truth to the like multitude of excuses that brands make about why plus size is so big air quotes difficult to, to sort of include in in their brand offering? I think that the problem is that because the market, like factually speaking, like just like purely if you look at the numbers, yeah, is so dramatically underserved. Like there's so many women in this category. We have said that there are a hundred million adult women who wear size ten or above. Right. Yeah. That is like seventy percent of the adult female population That's in this country. So crazy. I I think that like what happens is that these brands think that it's gonna be easy. Right. And mm. so it's like the first time that there's anything that's not like money just being handed over they're like oh wait 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 like it's gonna be hard like how hard is this gonna be yeah (laughs) and it's like well like if you want to make a great product and you want to create a great experience it's gonna take work it's gonna take investment it's gonna take yeah like commitment and I think that it's like in a lot of ways I think it's that like there just like isn't the resilience to the speed bumps and there are speed bumps in building any business like Anybody under the planet who's ever tried to build a business will tell you it doesn't matter what you're selling. It's hard. Yeah. Right? Like you have to build awareness around your brand. You, especially for a lot of these brands that have never been in plus, there is like a, an even harder hurdle because it's not that plus size women don't know that those brands exist. Obviously, we know that every brand exists. We follow the same bloggers on Instagram and walk through the same walls. Mm-hmm. It's that we, we actually believe they don't serve us. Right. Yes. And so it's like having to go back and say, like, Hey, forget everything we've ever done. Now we serve you is almost like a higher burden of marketing in some ways. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> I'd rather get like a colonoscopy than like go try on jeans <laughs> in a store that I don't think has any jeans for me. Why would I put myself through that? Therapy is expensive. I, I already have stuff to talk about in therapy. We don't need to add, you know, I put on jeans and also because jeans are like, oh, I wear a 16 in this brand. I wear a 29 in that brand. This brand, I wear something called like the star. This brand, like, it's like, I don't know, <laughs> like every store I walk into, it's like a clean slate again. And I have to figure out what clothes fit. Yeah. You're right. And what do you make of like a brand like Abercrombie? Do you know Abercrombie is now like really serving like they, they make, I think they go up to 33 um, in jeans, which like is yeah. is not it's it's like a 14 16 but like Abercrombie was the brand that told me when I was 13 that I had to be eating like one grape and a cheese cube a day and then <laughs> I too could go shirtless in the dark store in the mall right. and <laughs> I still can't wrap my right. head around it um yeah why do you think they've committed to that this new thing 
I mean, I think that everybody, I think that there's two things. I think that, um, I think that societal norms and our expectations of brands have changed. And that's like the greatest accomplishment that we should all be proud of, right? I think that the things that, um, the degree and the types of expectations that we have of brands in terms of how brands map to our own personal values and our values as a society is like a fairly new phenomenon, yeah. right? Like this is something that, you know, social media has really brought about in 2020 accelerated in a dramatic way. But I think that, you know, brands realize that they have to be able to express their values if they're going to be a brand that is going to have the kind of, you know, love and fandom that brands need to be successful, Mm. right? Because nobody wants to compete on just price or just anything else because, you know, larger, more efficient companies will like eat your lunch every time if that's what you're competing on. And so- you know, they need to represent something bigger and size inclusivity. If you are a fashion company, size inclusivity is like the single most important form of inclusivity that you can be a part of, right? Because your product is what is otherwise creating the exclusivity. Yes. And so like every single retailer needs to have a stance on size inclusivity. And I think it's okay for retailers to say, look, this hasn't been a part of our business in the past. It is important to us and we will get to it when we can do it right and X, Y, and Z timeframe. Mm. Like, I think that that's totally fine. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I don't think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of businesses are going through difficult times and retail as an industry hasn't been an industry that's had a lot of, um, you know, big winners in a long time, right? Like retail, store-based retailing, all these categories have been categories that have been under pressure for a long time. And that's so, right. you know, sure. I get that. Like, you know, just let us know how you really feel about it. And eventually like follow up that talk with action. And then I think it's okay. Um, But I I think that, you know, I I honestly don't think that brands can be anti-size inclusivity anymore. I mean, like it just feels like a crazy thing, which by the way, I couldn't have dreamed of being able to make that statement five years ago, Mm. right? Like five years ago, we lived in a different world. Mm -hmm. We lived in a world where it was truly still radical to be able to shop anywhere other than tour girling. Right. Yeah. And like, that's cool. I just think that like, sometimes like actually pausing to realize how much progress there's been is something we don't do enough of. Yeah. And the world has changed. Yeah. And I feel like we should be really proud of that. I totally agree with you. I want to say that adding on to your statement, I think it also has to come from an authentic place. Like Mm -hmm. something that Alexandra Waldman said when she was on the show was that for so long and for so long, and she's a little bit older than you and I, I think you and I are like around the same age. um, It was like, just put a picture of a dolphin on like a huge t-shirt. And like, that's what you get if you're three XL, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what you can find. And and the, and that's not being size inclusive. That's putting a dolphin on a t-shirt and being like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we're very, yeah, we, we, we carry up to three XL. Like it is, it has to come from an authentic place. And what I think is so exciting about this new generation of women, which makes me feel very old as like a 34 year old millennial is that we are no longer the kids. You know what I mean? Like we are no longer the young ones. And also we're no longer who companies are like, 
we're done. They don't care about our money anymore. They're going after younger money. And the younger generation is so much savvier and they shop with their values like in a way that I never did until I was in my thirties, probably like they really like spend two hours on TikTok, and you're like, Oh my gosh, like these 21 year old women have such a better sense of the world, their place in it and how they want to change it than I do 15 years older. And I think it's like, Yeah. And in terms of just appreciating how far we've come, I recently ordered, I recently got into Good American Jeans, which is the Khloe Kardashian jean company. Love Good American. Holy shit. Like to order a pair of jeans in a size, like I did like, you know, sometimes I'll do like the 14, 16, 18 trio. And then like, depending on the amount of stretch, the whatever, like one of them will probably fit. For that to have been true on like six different types of good, like I could have cried because the amount of time and brain space I could have gotten back at 24 if I was just able to order a really cute, sexy pair of jeans from a sexy celebrity you know, a Khloe Kardashian type, which is not important to me now, but maybe would have been 10 years ago. Um, and just put them on and then go about like, what else could I have done with my brain that I instead (laughs) then spent so much time being like, I can't wear shorts. I can't find these. Yeah. I mean, it's just another way. I think that the, and also men don't have to think about this stuff nearly as much. They literally get stores that are called big and tall. Like they literally have like their own store in the mall called big and tall. You know, like that's also like a very interesting thing. Do Mm. you know that like one of the best selling brands at JCPenney is a brand um, that is, it's a collaboration with Michael Strahan and it's like the big and tall line. And like the irony of the fact that like big and tall for men is Michael Strahan, like just, just like, image of like athleticism and like strength and power yeah and then you put that in the female context and it's like the basement at macy's yep is just like such a it's it's really it's just cruel not that i think that i i love the fact that that's like how like i don't want to take away from the men's experience i just think that like the we like there's just it, it's like such a clear illustration to me of how much society has decided. Yes. Um, yeah. Men are supposed you know, how to be. How women should feel in bodies. Yeah. And men are supposed to be strong and tall and powerful and towering and a presence. And women are supposed to be tiny yeah. and small and really small and even smaller than that. And like just a little bit smaller. And like, yeah, we're not supposed to take up <laughs> space. Even the way that I notice myself posing in pictures sometimes. I'm like, what? why am I standing like that? Like, where did I learn to like stand in such a way that I'm like contorting my body so that I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for when I look back at that picture. Um, yeah, I found wedding dress shopping to be really stressful. Uh, I found, um, especially because it was, I was a size like 14, 16 in in street in what they call street in what the wedding industry will call street clothes which means i was a size 177 in a wedding dress <laughs> the math really checks out and it's like i know that i'm just an i'm i'm average 
my size is average in the in the plus yeah. size mid size world. And the fact that I couldn't with my money, which I was excited to spend on a wedding dress, go into a store and even try on, you know, the the big thing they tell you is like try on all the dresses you can find, even the ones that you think aren't your style because more often than not, something you think you would never wear ends up being like the dress of your dreams. I was so pumped. I would have spent six years at the wedding dress store trying on every single thing that they owned. And more often, oh, we can't, you know, we only have that in like sample size. How many size zero women are coming in here to try? Like that can't, do you want my money? I have cash. I have cold, hard cash and a credit limit from Chase. Like, do you want, do you want (laughs) this? Is this important to you? And just thinking about all of the all of the beautiful women excited to try on wedding dresses who are bigger than me and being like, that's one industry. I also think we got to, there has to be some sort of change because totally. I also could, I'm also a sucker. Like I could have been upsold. They lost a lot of money on me, you know, like that big mistake, huge. Like they really Have you ever heard of anomaly? Oh, I did anomaly. That's where my wedding dress was from. Oh, awesome. Do you know I them? Anomaly. I know the founder well. Leslie? Um, well, we share we share investors. So I don't, Amazing. I know the founder from the founder world. Um, and I think that, first of all, like I love their Instagram because their Instagram is such a, um, like a, just like a window into like the diversity of brides that I feel like yes. you never see. And just- like I've never seen more diverse brides then on their Instagram pages is just awesome. It's crazy. It's just so you guys know, if you don't know Anomaly, which is where I used, uh, which is where I got my wedding dress. It is a startup started by a woman named Leslie who um, basically like, and Nadia, correct me if I'm wrong. She kind of like cuts out the middleman. She works with um, companies or like kind of like seamstresses in China. They work directly, like ethical, fair wage, like living wage, good working conditions, like everything's great. And they let you design your own dress and you don't need to be a designer. Trust me, I am not. And I loved my wedding dress. It's more like, hey, they basically are like make a Pinterest board of like every wedding dress you've ever seen that you're like, oh my gosh, I love this. And we will send you to a tailor, get your specific measurements, and we will create a dress for you that is like a tenth of the cost and actually fits you and actually is something that you want to wear. And I felt so great during that process Um, because they could have done anything for me. I could have gone in like a princess dye replica. And it's not a like, hey, bring us a designer dress and we'll copy it. It's like, hey, we know there are really limited options for all of you who aren't a size two. So if you've ever seen a mermaid dress or a trumpet dress, or you wanted, I had sequined, I had a gold and white fully, uh, floor, like long sleeve sequin dress. The only one I could find in a wedding studio was definitely not my size and about $15,000. And they created something yeah. that I loved. And it was just, it was like, this should be the, this should be like the standard. Um, it's awesome. And I, like, I think that the cost thing is really important because I feel like as somebody who's watched way too many episodes of say yes to the dress on TLC, <laughs> like, I feel like you hear like custom and you think this is like a $25,000 no. dress and this is like not it's it at all. Totally it's like, the opposite. It's actually like a, it's like affordable, which is 
which is so awesome. Um, I loved, yeah, I loved my I wedding dress. And it, I mean, the, my, my only regret is that I had to, um, and it's not Anomaly's fault at all. It's everyone else's fault. Um, is that I would have loved the, I went to these bridal, uh, studios hoping to try on every single type of dress I could find. So I could go back to Anomaly and say like, this is what I like. And because that wasn't possible, I sort of had to just go by what I thought I wanted. Um, which they made very easy for me, but I, I sort of felt robbed of that experience a little bit, you know? A funny step for you on bathing suits. Yes. Um, you said that you'd prefer to get a colonoscopy than um, shop for jeans. Yes. Bathing suits are like actually the single category that people hate shopping for the most. That's so interesting. Um, we did a survey of like thousands of our customers. We just launched Swim. Yeah. Um, like in March. So this is like a new category for us. And I'm not kidding you. 43% of women who we surveyed said that they'd rather go to root canal than try on a bathing suit. Wow. Oh, root canal. Like literally like the single most, for me at least. Um, that makes, yeah. Like, oh, I would not. Experience. Yeah. No, I don't like root yeah. canals. But, you know, I, I <laughs> that makes I, me like, sad. that's literally how bad it is. Looks well, like it's such a vulnerable moment. Like, it is. imagine how uncomfortable it is to wear clothes that you don't love, and then imagine going out in your bra and underwear effectively in front of the same people. You're right. Like, it's 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 like such a moment of vulnerability that we 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 spent a lot of time making sure that we got the swim assortment right because it shouldn't be right. Like bathing suits should be about the beach and fun and yeah. family and the sun. And I think it's like a uniquely mean thing for bathing suits not to be a fun shopping source and for them not to be cute yeah um and there are actually awesome bathing suit brands in the world all of the brands that we brought on for launch were founded by women a lot of them were like literally single woman operations nomads is started by a woman named taylor wong who graduated from college in 2019 no and way is yeah that was like five minutes and ago is, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I interviewed her recently for like my Instagram live series. Uh-huh. And I was so embarrassed. She was like 2019. I was like, wow, last year. And she was like, no, it's 2021. And I was like, oh, shit. You're like, you're my right. point being you're seven. Like, um. like basically like pre-COVID means like yesterday. Yeah, right? exactly. Like all of COVID doesn't count. That um, is amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. I is love- she really, it's a really inspiring story. I love that suit so much. It's so cute. I'm not weird about bathing suits. Weird. I guess bathing suits aren't my thing. My thing really is jeans. But like if a woman, I can, t- I, I know the feeling. So regardless of what kind of clothing item you're trying on, it is a dehumanizing process to not be able to. Bathing suits for me, I feel like, okay, well, it's stretchy. So at least I can get it on. You know what I mean? The thing about jeans is sometimes you're like, yeah, this is my size. And then all of a sudden you're like fighting with the pant leg. Like it, like for me, I'm like, why is it so like, these are pants. It's right. pants. Yeah. It's pants for bathing suits. I totally get it also. It's everything because everything is telling you everyone up until so recently has said, if you want to wear X, you need to look like Y. And, and right. we never really thought, well, why don't you change X instead of us changing Y? And that's radical. Yeah. Like, that was our first ever brand campaign idea was a brand campaign called my body first. Yeah. And it actually looked at like the history of sizing 
in apparel and sizing is like a fairly new phenomenon in the history of fashion, mm. right? Like standardized sizing only started really around World War One. Like the first time that clothing had to be produced in mass and therefore standardized in some way. Yeah. And it was done based on like the measurements of a hundred men, right? Like it's like the most <laughs> random done by like the U.S. Department of Agriculture or something random like that. <laughs> And my fashion like, icon, like, <laughs> like, like, I think it's like so liberating to understand how bogus these things are. Yes. Because for so many of us, these numbers are like tattooed on our foreheads. Yes. Right. Like it's like this dreaded number that you wish was something different and you just wish you could be something different. At the end of the day, like this is all make believe. Yeah. This is all something that was created less than a hundred years ago yes, and means nothing. Yes. And really being able to have the perspective shift of saying, it is not my clothes that needs, it's not my body that needs to fit into these clothes. Yes. It is the clothes that need to fit on my body. Yes. And the fact that like, that is not the standard mindset is like really shocking when you say it out loud. Because yeah. at, like once you say it out loud, once you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Um, but it's just like not how we're conditioned. No, I mean, that was a big thing. I mean, BMI, BMI is a fake number that was yeah. based on, I think, like the European. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then, but like you had like the Dr. Phil's and the Oprah's of the world in 1997 being like, I still remember my pediatrician saying something like for every inch over five feet that you are, it's five pounds over a hundred. So if you're five, eight, like I am, you should weigh a hundred and let me do some math. 140 pounds. Is that right? 140 pounds. That's just, yeah. If I weighed 140 pounds, people would be concerned. I think for me, I would look insane. That's not how my body is built. The human head weighs eight pounds. My human butt weighs 50. And <laughs> and it's no, just... Like, right? Like BMI was... I, 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 so I feel like the pandemic brought BMI into focus yes. in like a really big way because as a risk factor and then ultimately as a way to get a vaccine. Like I got a vaccine in New York City in February because my BMI qualified me to do that. Same in community. Which I have a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings on. It, um, the only... The only benefit that fake number has ever gotten us, but yeah, I mean, there's I no, know. there's no health that health at every size. That whole movement, that's all brand new too. Like, yeah, you can be really, really thin and have horrible cholesterol. I know it's right. crazy for people to believe. Not anyone listening here, but I, I think like the medical world, they've people have always just associated skinny with healthy and I think people like you said like size was just like invented uh you know a hundred years ago um the idea of health is inherently racist and inherently Mm -hmm. flawed and I think people are and I think medical professionals are just starting to understand like the basis in which we you know diagnose and discuss is built on a foundation of many untruths and for yeah. all of that to boil down to like picking out a swimsuit and look and and my whole life has been like okay do they have the largest size and like hoping that the largest size is my size like it sucks like that's a trickle down effect that yeah. I think people really don't get but you're really you I mean all of this to say 
Co made a bathing suit that I am going to be living in for the next week. And I appreciate that. And like, that's one small I step. Am, that's one. one I'm so step. happy to hear that. There's another brand that we have that I absolutely love. It's called Kitty and Vibe. Uh-huh. Um, and Kitty refers to your butt. Yeah. Because she makes every bathing suit for like a small butt and a big butt. Nice. Because she feels like that's like the dimension of fit the bathing suits gets wrong. Gets wrong. Um, and then Vibe. Oh, I'm looking right the now at their site. Painful it so is, cute. How yeah, she has a playlist that goes with every bathing suit, so you set the right vibe. <laughs> I love that for your bathing suit, and like the entire thing is like genius. And this is also like a solo founder. I think she's like 26 years old in New York City. See, like, this is they're just women doing incredible things. Yeah, I believe that children are the future. And yeah, if you're 26 to me, you are a child. Congratulations! Like, <laughs> and I don't say that disparagingly. I say that with <laughs> jealousy in my heart. Um, I yeah. am. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at the. So I leave on vacation in four days, and I'm like, how soon can I rush order one of these suits to we can get- my house? These are cute. And I love that like high-waisted is back and that low-rise – everyone says low-rise jeans are coming back, not in my closet. Like like the higher the jeans, the closer – The better. To God. <laughs> um, I, success for me is literally like my waistband hitting my bra. Yes. Like, how, how little space can there yeah. be between, totally. between these two garments? Totally. I mean, I say, I've I know I've said this before on the show. Stella Bugsby, who used to be the um the editor at the Cut, said something super that stuck with me a few years ago, which was uh there was a few tweets that said skinny eyebrows like circa 2007 were coming back and low rise jeans were coming back and there was so much panic I think in the, with the uh, my friend group you know all people in their early 30s and uh, Stella Bugsby tweeted like. They're talking to teens, you guys. Like, this isn't for you. Like, you can wear what you want. You're not relevant anymore. You're basically, like, in a funny way. She was like, you're basically invisible. You don't have to have skinny eyebrows anymore. And it made me realize that the way that, like, we all thought, like, our moms dressed, like, so lame when we were kids because, like, my mom wasn't wearing, like, a low-rise jean and, like, a tube top. Um, She probably just thought we looked stupid. So now it's our turn to be like, you guys have no idea. High-waisted jeans? Amazing. Um, So, Nadia, tell me about you. I know you love shopping we have this in common uh you were toggling between two different products that you kind of started using in a routine during the pandemic I said who cares it's my show bring both what did you bring uh tell us everything I am so excited to share these products and I'm sure a lot of people have heard about them but I just I feel like I need to share my personal experience 100 percent um like personal true life testimonial here so the pandemic, I think for me, um, obviously very complex period of time, but one of the, one of the things that was very good for me is that I feel like my body rested in a lot of ways Mm. and things that I was doing to myself all the time. I stopped doing, like I stopped painting my nails. I, you literally could have never met me for the previous 10 years of my life without a manicure. Yeah. I stopped wearing mascara. I stopped treating my hair, like all these things just like stopped. And I thought, you know what, like, this is like a good time for me to figure out like how to actually like fundamentally make these things better. Mm. Like what, what should I be doing to like improve the core health and not just like the aesthetic appearance um, of some of these things. And a couple of things came on my radar. One was very, very fascinating, truly serendipitous. Um, A friend of mine's grandmother 
um, fell. She's she's doing well, okay. but she fell and broke her hip um, at the beginning of 2020. And mm. part of her healing, um, like recommendations from the doctor, were for her to start taking collagen. Mm. And like a month later, my friend said that like they went to see her grandmother, and her grandmother looked like she was 20 years younger. Like her skin texture had changed. It was like crazy. And they're like, what is happening? Like, what have you done? My friend's like in our thirties. And you know, like, of course we're already thinking about anti-aging and like all this kind of stuff. Mm. And she said it was the collagen. And I had seen collagen on like every influencer's page for like two years and I'd never gotten on board. It just seemed weird. If you actually like (laughs) read what the ingredients are of collagen, it's gross. Like (laughs) I was like, not for me. But after I heard the story, I was like, okay, like I will put collagen in my coffee every morning for a while and see what happens. And I swear to you, like within the first week, my skin was different. Okay. That is, so like I'm with you. I looked at all those collagen Instagrams and I was like, bullshit. That's like a filter. You're wearing foundation. Like there's no way this seems like the most placebo of placebo effects. You're telling me to scoop this shit into my coffee and I'm going to look better. I literally have it in front of me and I'm going to read you the ingredients. So you know how disgusting it is. And therefore like how much this product works or else why in the world would I eat this junk? And I just want everyone to know too, like I'm looking at Nadia right now incredible skin like <laughs> like so good so i'm 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 listening closely okay read me the ingredients okay, this egg i think it's like eggshell hell yeah paddock cod and pollock like this is literally like fish bones ground up like it is disgusting <laughs> and it's tasteless like you don't actually taste anything but like i promise you that i would never actually use this product if i didn't see the results like four days later the texture of my skin was different on my face. And I was like, wow, like, that's really weird. Like, how did that happen so fast? What is going on? And then like the kicker was a couple days later, I got out of the shower and I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating. I looked down at my legs and the texture of the skin on my thighs was different. Like my legs were smooth. It was so bizarre. I, two of my other best friends started doing this too. And there's like a series of like very bizarre photo like in my photo roll, there's uh-huh. like a series of times I had photos of my thighs and face because I was like, guys, what is happening? Wow. Like, this is absurd. But truly, I think it's also helped my um my nails a ton too. I can't I can't tell you for sure that the like the fact that my nails are really healthy right now are just from that because I also stopped painting my, my yes. nails during COVID. That'll do it. But my skin, I like I am completely converted. I am a believer. I have had a scoop in my copy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. what specifically changed? Like what, like what, when you look down at your, like what did your skin on it your thighs used to like, look like versus like what, it, what was the difference that you saw? 
it was like airbrushed. Like, I don't know how to describe it to you. Like it, it wasn't like, it was just like smooth. And nice. I was like, that's so weird. And I, you know, it was, it was noticeable. Like I looked down one day and I was like, whose legs are these? Like wow. what is going on here? Wow. And it's, it's sustained. Like I haven't stopped using it. So I don't know if I stopped, if like things would go back to, um, you know, what was like my normal stage sure. before, but, um, and I got so many compliments, like obviously didn't see many people last year, but anytime I saw someone, they're like, Oh wow. Like you look so great. What, like, what have you been doing? Dang. Um, like nothing. I've been drinking collagen in my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I know. Which is literally like the lowest effort, you know, <laughs> I'm in. I, possibly do. I love a low effort. I, I'm really in for that. Um, I know that there, cause you know, G thanks is a, a, a sister podcast to forever 35. And I know there are a lot of forever 35 listeners here. A lot of them who have been on board the collagen train for a long time. I see you. I recognize you. I know you're probably listening being like, you guys, you guys, it was real the whole time, but I truly, I am I, I'm, I'm late to the party. <laughs> I am too. I just didn't really, I, I don't know. Like for me, part of me is like, if I become one of those people who's spooning collagen into their coffee in the morning, like I don't recognize that version of myself. You know, am I a, am I someone who puts yeah. the, is it true? Like you have to be honest, like a hundred percent honest with me. Is it truly tasteless? Is it truly tasteless? How do you take your coffee? I put cream in my, like I put half and half in my coffee. So I feel like there's a lot that you could sneak into my coffee and I wouldn't, I like t- I don't, if I drink my coffee black, I can't promise that no. it's tasteless. I'm, um, milk and sugar with a little bit of coffee. <laughs> so I think I should be okay. okay. You won't taste it. <laughs> okay. You great. won't taste it. And how much like, do you put in thing, a day? Like you really have to like, it's, it comes a little scooper. Oh, okay. So it, okay. It's like, um, you know, kind of like a coffee scooper. Yep. Um, and the only thing is like, you have to as much of it dissolves as possible like when okay. the water, when the coffee's so really hot. And then sometimes if I let my coffee cool too much before I finish drinking it, like the last like swig of coffee is a little chalky. <laughs> okay. I can deal with that. I can handle that. And I appreciate the honesty because that, I mean, I'm classic, like drink half my coffee, leave it somewhere, find it later. And I'm like, oh yeah, this thing. Um, but yeah. I would probably have to drink the whole cup for this to be actually efficient because then I, w- I would be leaving a lot on the table. Do you do the vital? Is it the vital protein, whatever it's called? What's the brand that you're using? I use one called ancient nutrition Okay, and they have like flavored versions of it, but I don't, I don't like, I want my coffee to taste like coffee. So yes. I don't do like vanilla or any of that stuff. Okay. Um, so I just, this is like un unflavored. Okay. I will look into this. I'm looking right now, like the vital protein. Sometimes they sell those at like Costco. It has like almost a hundred thousand, like four and a half to five star reviews on Amazon. Somehow for me, that's not good enough. Like I'm like, no, it couldn't. (laughs) Or or also maybe it's a complex where I'm like, it's good enough for everyone else, but it won't work for me. But I really, I want, I want new thigh skin. (laughs) I want, I want that to, I want that improvement. It's so weird. Like I, I I wanted to share like the fact that I was a skeptic of this for a long time yeah. because I like I I you know I believe in like drinking a lot of water and getting a good night's sleep but like outside of that I feel like there are very few shortcuts in life mm. um, and this is just one of them. I I love this one. I love this one because this is one that I'm so like. 
I don't. I think I would have felt differently if you came as like I have been scooping collagen into my coffee since birth. I've never skipped a day. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. But if you're really like, I was a skeptic. I got on board, and now I actually see a difference. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I I love that. This is the only product that I haven't subscribed and saved on Amazon. <gasps> huge it's it's there every two to three months subscribe and save for me it feels like such a huge commitment that i have nothing on there except for laundry detergent so like the fact that i i feel i know that i don't even i can't even commit to a laundry detergent i'm like what if i want a different set next time i don't know i get it like like, this is like the one thing that i have i have one subscribe and save on amazon that that is that feels promising to me for sure i really and i appreciate that you also got such a nice um to do it during the pandemic is smart because it's like if there's so few variables happening mm-hmm. around, like you said, you're not wearing makeup that much. You're not painting your nails. You're not going places like the kind of external stress of living in the world beyond like being alive during this time sort of fades away because you're really kind of just sitting still for a year. Um, so you really probably saw the benefits of it maybe clearer than you would have had life been moving at a faster pace. Yeah. It was fast too. Like it was like in the first week, I remember looking at my face one day and saying like, Whoa, like I can see the difference. Oh, I am. am I highly recommend. Do you, do you know how much it costs to not do subscribe? And like, are you actually saving on the subscription? I think that the subscribe and save saves you like 10%. So it's 40 bucks for this, like the large, I buy the largest one because it's the cheapest way to buy it. Um, and this, like the largest container lasts me like two to three months Okay. and it costs 40 bucks. So like on a monthly basis, it's not expensive. That's amazing. Has it replaced any of, um, has, has the changes that it's made replaced any of your normal sort of skincare routine, like expensive lotions, maybe, I don't know if you do Botox or if you were doing any sort of like, like, has it, do you feel like other things are now not uh, necessary because of, of the introduction of, of collagen? I mean, I think to your point, like I haven't had a lot of reasons to like actually get made up and go somewhere. So Mm. like, I don't know if I were to actually go out if I would, but I used to wear like the one skin product that I used to use is like the Laura Mercier tinted moisturizer. Love it. And I wouldn't, like, I haven't pulled that out of my, wow. I should probably throw it away. Like it's been sitting in there for 15 months. So like I, I've had no, like I've had no moment where I'm like, Oh, I could use a little bit of coverage today. Wow. And nothing. That is okay. I mean, I'm, I am sold. Um, I'm really excited. I can't wait to like text you pictures of my thighs. Um, (laughs) like coming right up. Uh, that is awesome. Okay. We will link to that in the show notes. And then you had another product that you said you were very excited about. Okay. So also crazy results for me. So I, I want to share, um, it's Grande Lash, which I know also is a cult favorite. So I haven't like discovered something new here. (laughs) Um, but I like I was the girl that was like at my dermatologist's office in 2008 asking for a Latisse prescription. Uh-huh. Like I I love the idea of having, and also in you know in those days false eyelashes were like not a thing. Um, so like I love the idea of just like having eyelashes that made it look like I had more makeup on than I really did. Yeah. Um, and I I like Latisse. Like I wear glasses every day, and Latisse 
one of the moments where I realized Latisse was working was that my eye, my eyelashes started like hitting the inside of my glasses. Yes. Um, because they, they had gotten so long, but this works better. It really does. And it's like um, half the price. It's half the price. And you don't need a prescription. I, I don't know if you still need a prescription for Latisse, but in New York state, at least you used to. Yep. I remember um, that. It used to be this like, Matt, I guess like maybe either the the ex- exclusivity on like the patent wore out or whatever, but all of a sudden it was like, you can actually just, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what Latisse like really is made up of, but like all of a sudden there was only one product on the market and then there were like a thousand products on the market. It like suddenly became like, ma- like available and people love Grande Lash. Yeah. It, honestly, I... So the thing that I noticed with Grande Lash is that my eyelashes crisscross now. Oh, you know what? Like they're, they're our like connection longer. isn't great right now. I wonder if are you? Can you hear me well on your end? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Let's see. Here, you want me to turn off my camera? See if that works. I mean, sometimes that helps. Again, Apple, Apple, really trying to get us to go to the Apple Store after this. Um, okay, tell <laughs> tell me tell me again something you noticed about your eyelashes. So I noticed. Like one of the first moments where I was like, wow, like something has really changed my eyelashes is that my eyelashes started crisscrossing. Huh. Like they were long enough that they were like, <laughs> they were like braiding themselves, overlapping one another. <laughs> yeah. And it it was like super weird. But I'll, I'll also tell you because I've been on like a clear on a clean um, beauty kick that when this started working so well, I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. is this something that's going to like make my eyeballs like turn green one day or something? Mm. Like, how bad is this for you? And I downloaded this app called Think Dirty. Have you heard of this? No. It's like an app that basically rates the ingredients of a ton. They have something like 1.8 million products. Oh, wow. And it tells you like how toxic the ingredients are in everything from like skincare to uh, like house cleaning products and everything in between. Smart. And so I looked up Grande Lash on... um, on Think Dirty and they had it and they have like every ingredient rated and it's not bad for you. So they rate things on a scale of zero to 10 with 10 being the dirtiest and like up to three, it's like pristine, like glacial water type stuff. And Mm. then like between four and six is like, okay. Um, And above six is like, you know, don't put this on your killing your future babies (laughs) by, you know, by using this product. Right. And granite lush is a four. So it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty good. That is really good. That was always the thing that that freaked me out when I used Latisse was like, you know, th- like, as I was putting it on, I was like, wow, I have a lot of balls. Like, I'm just putting something on my eye, like very close yeah. to my eye. This could end badly. I mean, the, you right? know, the journey towards longer, fuller lashes was more important to me than, you know, potentially ruining my eyesight forever. <laughs> but <laughs> look, it's my so over matter. Right? Like we went through the whole little tiny bottle of Latisse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly. But, yeah. I wear glasses too. And, and I find that I hate wearing mascara because I feel like it always ends up all over my face. And when I really start committing to a Latisse routine, or now maybe I will switch to Grande Lash. I know I probably should because of the money. Um, I do look more awake. Uh, I look more alert because your eyelashes are fuller and, and you don't have to have mascara. Do you also curl your lashes? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I'm kind of afraid of an eyelash curler. Yeah, I never... Like it was always just weird to me and I just never got into it. Mm. I, 
I, uh, I, this is inspiring me to get back into my eyelash routine. For some reason, I, it was one of the things I stopped kind of during the pandemic. Um, but now I'm like, maybe I want to do it again. And I know that it doesn't take long. It's like in a month, I'll see like a big difference. Uh, but it's all about yeah, that consistency. It, really, it honestly, and I, I, I never did false eyelashes either. Cause mm. I was always afraid that like, they're all going to, you know, when I stopped doing it, I was going to realize that I had no real eyelashes right. left of my eyeballs. Yep. Um, and I, and this to me, I, you know, it's not like a full falsies look, but it, it gets pretty close and it's my actual eyelashes. So I feel like I haven't yeah. know, damaged my, my, my eyelashes. It feels like, I mean, it, it looks like you're wearing mascara. I mean, that's what it looks like, you know, if you for a big event or if you were starring on Broadway and people all the way in the back need to see you, you probably would still need to wear false eyelashes. But like it really does kind of just like I don't know, it, like it just accentuates what you already have builds on it. Yeah. And I felt I felt like for me, too, it also made my lashes like darker, um, like a little bit more pronounced. And maybe that's just because there were more yeah. of them. <laughs> and I think that there are more of them. Yeah, the yeah, fullness. Like I think it's like not just length, it's like the fullness of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a question I have for you because you and I are on similar, like not doing anything during the pandemic journeys, sort of like resetting. Have you done anything like with like what's your eyebrow routine? And have you have made any changes to that? And like what's your plan? I haven't touched my eyebrows in like a year and a half. Okay, so True story. I also use grande brow because grande brow is just Ooh. as good as grande lash. But I figured I had to pick one, so I brought grande lash. Do you? So you can't but, use one on the other, is what you're telling me? I don't know if that's just marketing, but because <laughs> grande lash like actually goes on my eyeball, I didn't ask about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah so yeah, yeah. like I I trust them that they should be different, and I should probably like look and see if the ingredients are actually any different, but. If it's just marketing at work, because they got me to buy both. <laughs> and so far, so good. So I, I don't mind the investment. Is it the same? So Grande Brow, do they have, is it the same kind of like um, tip or is it like a spoolie thing? Like how does, how do you apply Grande Brow? So it's the exact same packaging, but the actual tip of the, the applicator is thicker. Oh, so like, you know, like if you did nail art, there's like sometimes the nail polish that has like the really fine tip. Yes. Um, that's what the lash product has. And then the brow product, you know, it's like meant for like a bigger surface area. So it's nice. like a bigger brush. I am like, this is exciting to yes. me. And you really feel like you see a huge difference. How long did it take before you like woke up and looked in the mirror one morning and, and was like, oh, wow. Like, hello, eyebrows. Um, I feel like eyebrows took longer than the lashes. Like mm. the lashes showed up much more quickly. Um, definitely my eyebrows are fuller than they were. One of my best friends was on this eyelash eyebrow journey with me and her eyebrows, I'm not kidding you, tripled in size. <gasps> like it was, I love that. It was bananas. And it's like, it's actually crazy how much, um, your eyebrows do so much to frame your face that any change in your eyebrows changes how you look so quickly yeah. that she looks like a different person. Um, yes. But anyways, both these products, if you're, if you're looking for ways to grow your eyelashes or your eyebrows, um, I've had great success with both these products. That is, um, 
that's such a good endorsement. And it just made me remember the, this time when my friend and I saw a picture of someone we knew and a picture of her from maybe 10 years ago, like popped up on Instagram or whatever. And we were like, I think she got work done. Like, did she get a note? Like, did, like something is different about her. I can't tell, like she's our age. So it feels like it's too young to get work, but like something looks so different. And after like a half hour of trying to be like, what is it? It was her eyebrows. Like mm-hmm. she changed the shape and the size and sort of like the style of her eyebrows. And it literally made it like it she everything. another face. We were like, did she get an eye lift? Yeah. Did she get a nose job? Did she get chin implants? She literally <laughs> changed her eyebrows. And like, look, you know, I like you do you whatever you have to do to feel more confident, like more like yourself or whatever. But I was shocked. Um, I've spent the better half of the last decade growing back the mistakes of 2007 um, of waxing my <laughs> waxing my eyebrows to tiny sperm um, over my eyes. But but now <laughs> I'm I'm like after seeing that and seeing like just kind of that proof that like what I was looking at was actual like the real life um, example of like your brow shape really changing mm-hmm. how your face presents. I was like, okay, I'm ready to like, now, now I have my brows are back. Now I'm ready to go deal with, I'll go to someone really professional who knows what they're doing and get them to like shape them to my face. Because that was like inspiring to totally. me. That's another thing where I'm like, have you ever just- considered microblading? Um, so I have, but I'm a little nervous. Do they, do they whack? Like, how does that, do you know how it works? Like, can you explain it to me? I, so I've never tried it, but I am fat. Refinery29 does these videos of like slow motion microblading Ooh. that it, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the results always look amazing. I don't know what happens, like if it fades over time or exactly how it works, but I feel like when I see people doing it, it looks it's definitely painful from what I can tell. Like they're really kind of like scraping holes into your eyebrows and Ooh. putting ink in it but Ooh. um so I've never I've never done it I've never had the stomach to go through with it but it feels like another thing that people like once you start doing that people love it yeah I, b- I believe it and I know people who are like so committed to that um you know like they have their monthly appointment it's kind of like people who like are just like I gotta you know bikini wax like religiously like every x weeks I do this and I think people are kind of like that with their brows and they're microblading and like, and they're like, I like eyelash extensions is another thing that I think people do a lot. Microblading scares me. I almost feel like I have too much eyebrow. Um, like I have darker features. Like I need someone to like, I, I, I know I need less eyebrow, but I'm so scarred by my past choices that I'm like, <laughs> I need to go to someone like I will pay top dollar just to make sure that I don't walk out of the salon like and reverse the clock 13 years because it's a little scary. I mean, and I'm just lucky like mine grew back. Some people never got their return. You know, you know, what's like a random great place to get your eyebrow shaped? Tell me. Um, benefit cosmetic stores. I have heard this. Are they good? They're, they're fantastic. Like, like benefit is like such a brow brand. Yeah. Um, and they, like here in New York, there's a store in Soho and it's like the shaping services there are really, really good. Nice. And it's like probably a little bit more affordable than going to some like, 
I don't know. For sure. Yeah. Like, they want to sell you product. Exactly. Yeah. They're right. They're going to be like, this is $50, but you can get everything for 400. Um, right. I will have to try. I feel like it's time. I mean, I really haven't touched my brows in probably more than a year. Actually, I can tell you on my wedding day, you know, how like people have those like nervous dreams. Like, oh, I dreamt that like it was my wedding day and I forgot my dress or like I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it was I didn't shave my legs or whatever. I never got my eyebrows waxed. It was like on my to do list. I forgot about it. And as I was like halfway through the reception, I was like, shit, <laughs> I, like, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Um, and it didn't matter because I was it was fine. But it, but like that's how little like I have signed off for my eyebrows, like in a in a yeah. real effort to repair um, my mistakes. Yeah. And and I'm very reticent to like do anything to them because like, you know, I don't know what to tell them that I want. I need someone to look at me and be like, this is what we're doing. And trust me. Um, because if you go by my direction, we're back at the sperm. We're, we're right back, (laughs) right back where we started in 2007. I'm very excited about all of the things you brought. I'm mostly excited about the collagen. Like I'm really excited about that. Tell me if you, if you try it, tell me how it goes. A hundred percent. You're going to hear from me. I'm going to like give you like a picture every day. Like you're, you're going to be like, I'm blocking her email. Um, I know I can't wait to try it. And does, is you said you buy like a value pack. Like, do you think it make? did you start off with like a smaller container just in case it didn't work or is the only option to buy like the four month supply? No, no, they have much smaller ones. I bought the smaller one first because I also like nothing would make me sadder than ruining my coffee every day. Like there was no <laughs> way that I was going to like do something that was going to make yes like the thing that I like the first thought in my head in the morning is like hmm I can have coffee now yes um so like there I I was not going to commit to anything that was going to take away from that ritual um and so I got I got the smaller one they even sell like individual packets if you want to start really small um and then like once I realized that like I am on the collagen train I like just optimized for costs and got the biggest one and right. that saves me a lot of money. But right. I, I definitely tried the smaller one first. Right. Now you're on subscribe and save. You okay. I'm glad to know that there's <laughs> there's there's like a little like I can just dip my toe in first. I think I'll probably I, I just have the personality type that's like, oh, the five year supply is a little bit less expensive. I'll just buy that. It, like I should just try it first. Like <laughs> like I need to, you know, I'm 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 really Costco minded in my shopping. Um uh Nadia, I'm so excited uh, that you came on the show. This was such an amazing conversation and I'm really, really glad we got to talk. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was great. You guys, I will link to everything we talked about. Um, all of the lash, the eyebrow, the collagen, um, anomaly where I got my wedding dress, uh, like everything. Like we really ran the, ran the spectrum, um, during this episode, but I also hope that you guys go and check out Dia and co, um, exclusively sizes 10 to 32, really like clothing, uh, you know, designed and also curated for, like the average woman. Um, and especially if bathing suit shopping gives you agita, uh, especially if, um, you've been in the G thanks Facebook group asking about bathing suits. I'm on the DNCO website right now, looking at all of their swimsuit offerings. It is just so many great ones. And I will also link to the one that I have on that I'm really excited about, but I am now just trying to rush order a bunch before I, I leave for vacation. Um, what a great conversation. And thank you so much for all the work that you're doing at the forefront of this sort of 
new new movement to to have you know size inclusivity be the the standard and not and not like some you know great PR motive. Thank you. I've listened to so many of your podcasts that are specifically focused around um, size inclusivity, and I think that it's a topic that we should all be spending more time talking about and normalizing and celebrating um, and really getting to a place where we can all just focus on wearing the clothes that we love. Yeah, absolutely. This, You guys, the, the second we can all just find jeans and bathing suits that fit us, the quicker we can take down men. I mean, really, like it's it's all over for them now that we can make room in our brains um i am so so happy we got to have this conversation you guys please let me know if you guys buy anything from dnco shout out especially the suits i want to know what you're all buying um and we will see you next week for another episode of g thanks just bought it 